Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of Till Death Do Us Part. I'm Daniel. And I'm Melissa. Feels really weird because I'm sitting here wearing glasses. <laughs> and it's glasses that I have to wear. Why are you wearing glasses? Because I'm of age now where I can't pretend like I can see. Is it a marriage thing or is it an age thing? I think it's an age thing. So we've been married 15 years. So is that is that a big trigger for issues with health or is it just little stuff? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm pretty healthy. So if you, but I still have decent eyesight. So wh- what's going to go wrong with me? I don't think you have as decent of eyesight as you think that you have. I'm over here. <laughs> I'm wearing my glasses. I know, I'm joking. So I have a major prescription now. So you're saying I should get my eyes checked? I think you should. More than my ears? Yes. No, but this is, it's awful. But you're getting headaches and, and migraines and stuff. Like, and you can't see things. Yes. So. That's why that's I have pro- glasses. probably why you needed glasses. But it's not, these aren't helping yet. Oh. Meaning it's making it worse, but they told me I need to wait a couple weeks before I make a decision. So with the glasses, are you more attracted to me or less attracted to me? I'm. Can you see me better? No, I cannot see you better. Not yet, anyways. I'm hoping in a couple weeks I can see you better. Gotcha. Do do they make things bigger or smaller? Bigger, but it's still kind of blurry. (laughs) It's blurry. It's it's blurry, but it's bigger. So that's good. All right. Yes. Fair enough. I'll take it. I don't know. We'll see in a couple weeks. All right. Well. All All right. Well, we're okay. It's time for. Daniel has factoids. Factoids. Not to be confused with hemorrhoids. Nope. No more hemorrhoids. <laughs> Give it to me, baby. Oh, wow. So I'm still going on the marital facts, which are interesting. So we got two kids. I think we've mentioned that. There's a study that found that marital satisfaction gets better once the children leave the house. Uh, 100%. However... If the marriage problems existed before, then the empty nest often reveals those otherwise hidden issues. Or COVID lockdown. Yes. So in other words, if your kids leave, you might actually be horrible because that they were basically covering up issues that already existed. Yes. I guess that was the point of that statistic. I've heard that a few times. Yeah, that makes sense. That kids are kind of the glue that keeps most marriages together. Right. So even so, if you're doing really well and they leave and we're happier, then we know that we had a good marriage. If they leave and we can't stand to see each other, then it means it wasn't ever good before or we had issues before, I guess. Right. I completely 100% agree with that. All right, so we got something to work on there, I guess, to make sure it's it's good before they leave. I cannot wait till we're empty nesters. Oh, boy. I know, but everyone tells me once they leave that it's quiet and... 
That sounds they amazing. Miss them and stuff. I mean, people, I know people are going to think that I hate being a mom. I actually love being a mom, but I love being a wife even more. It is. It, I like it. What? Being married. Yeah. Yeah. Being married's rad. My you, case. Oh, are you ready for this? I was going to say, what do you got for me? Okay. I got something very interesting for you. Sweet. My case is on the relationship of Marjorie Nugent and Bernie T-Day. Nice. Mm-hmm. This is one that I'm really glad it kind of falls under what our podcast is about, which is about marriage or relationships or significant others whacking each other. Whacking. A lot of whacking. On August 18th, 1997... In Carthage, Texas, Alexandria Nugent, granddaughter of Marjorie Nugent, arrived at her grandmother's estate with sheriff's deputies in tow. After not hearing from Marjorie for over nine months, even through the holiday season, they were finally able to get the sheriff to agree to do a wellness check. Upon entering the residence, they noticed it was a little dusty. The mail was piled up, and it just looked like it hadn't been lived in for a while. Alexandria had stated to sheriffs that the first thing she wanted to check was the deep freeze. Do you know what a deep freeze is? Yeah. How would she? Okay. I'm about to tell you. All right. Her grandmother had lived through the depression, and when she would leave on trips, she would load the deep freeze with all her perishables and fridge contents. The deep, free, the deep freeze was located in a small pantry off from the front door. So you walked in the front door, and then to the left was this little pantry right. that had this deep freeze in it, and I think like mops and brooms, stuff like that. They noticed nothing was really amiss, except there were two pieces of tape holding the lid closed on the freezer. The lid was lifted and bags of peas, french fries, and frozen meat were all that was seen. A few packages were kind of moved to the side and instead of ice cream containers, there was the top of a head. Oh, yeah. 81-year-old Marjorie Nugent had been wrapped in a white sheet and stuffed into her deep freeze. Ouch. They knew immediately who they needed to find and question. Marjorie's personal assistant, 39-year-old Bernie T-Day. I knew it. <laughs> no, I, Did I didn't. Did you know that? No, I had no idea. Are you taking notes? Kind of. Oh, my gosh. You are adorable. Why? You're just so cute. Is there a test at the end of this? No. Okay. Should there be a test at the end of this? No, because I won't, I won't pass it. <laughs> Forget. Bernie T-Day was born August 2nd, 1958 in Abilene, Texas, to parents Bernhardt and Leela May T-Day. Bernie's dad was a music professor and choir director. Oh, let me say that again. He was a music professor and choir director, which fueled Bernie's love of music. Sure. 
Unfortunately, Bernie's mom was killed in a car accident while Bernhardt was driving. Oh, that's not very nice. Bernie was only two years old. Wow. Not sad. Bernie's father turned to alcohol to cope with the loss. Yep. Bernhardt remarried. Bernie's stepmom was named Clara. Mm-hmm. She helped to raise him. They eventually gave Bernie a sister. Oh, cool. But at 15, Bernie's dad passed away. Bernie graduated from Cooper High School in 1976 in Abilene. Then he went on to earn an associate's degree in mortuary science. Wow. From McNeese State University in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Wow. In 1985, 27-year-old Bernie moved to Carthage and was hired as an assistant funeral director at Hawthorne Funeral Home. Now, the reason I do love this story is because you know that I wanted to be a mortician at one point in my life. Actually, right out of high school. So that you could be nicknamed Morticia? Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah. It's the only reason I could think. No. No. I was very interested in that and fascinated by that. And I want I really wanted to do hair and makeup on yeah. the deceased. But they don't complain. No, they don't. Right. But there weren't any mortuary studies in my area. So I went to beauty school instead. <laughs> well, that's fine. I mean may as well work on the live ones. Yeah. I'd rather work on the dead ones now though. Yeah. Carthage is located 20 miles from the Louisiana border and in 1995 was voted as one of the 100 best small towns in America. Really? Yeah. Have you ever heard of this town before this story? No. There you go. Are tons of people moving there? Like what makes it? This was in 1995. That's true. Okay, never mind. It used to sit on one of the largest natural gas fields in the world. Oh. In the 40s and 50s, the town was also known as the gas capital of the United States. So that's how people know about Carthage. With a population of 6,500 people, it is very rich. 6,500 people. Yes. Wow. And and it's it was in the t- Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> it uh it's very rich. It's very religious and very conservative. I imagine. I imagine too. Mhm. It was filled with little rich widows. Ooh. Whose husbands That's had made going. their fortunes from oil. This was Back in the day, though. Gotcha. Okay. I don't think too much of that's going on right now. They're very elderly now. Yes. Bernie was immediately very popular in town. Sure. People loved him. Everybody loved Bernie. He was just this little pudgy guy walking around town with a thick black hair, thick black caterpillar mustache and knew all about dead people and knew all about dead people and just would say hi was super friendly nobody ever had a bad thing to say wow about bernie all right yeah i mean immediately rolling into town and sure we're like i want to meet that guy yeah 
He was extremely involved in the First United Methodist Church. He taught Sunday school, was a soloist in the church choir, and he would fill in during Sunday service when the pastor was sick or out of town. Bernie also performed in the community theater and was usually cast in the lead. He was even asked to direct performances for the drama department at Parabola College. He was described as peachy and sweet. Peachy and sweet. Mm-hmm. That's an odd description Yeah, for a guy. Peachy and sweet. Okay. All right. Bernie was a very talented funeral director. He did the embalming, the hair and makeup on the deceased, would preach at the services, and would perform the hymns and play the piano. So he was kind of like an all-around uh, mortician. Good. Good. good <laughs> funeral director. Decent, yeah. Talented guy. Had a lot of talents. and He did. But he was most well-known for the care he took on the families of the dearly departed, especially the little old widows. All right. Now it's getting weird. <laughs> he Wait. Was, okay. So how old was he? He was, when he first started, what did I say? Well, 20? Like this time period of, we're talking about? Yeah. Late 20s. 20s. Okay. Yeah. Late 20s. And he spent extra careful time with the elderly. He loved the elderly and okay. he loved them. All Wait, right. he loved the elderly and they and loved they him. Loved right. him. Uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I know. He would check on them by phone and take over care packages. Like he would show up at their houses with wow. stuff for them and flowers and things. And these gifts came out of his own pocket. This huh. was not anything that the head funeral director was telling him to do. Right. This was stuff he was doing on his own time. No one's that nice. With his own money. Yeah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> Bernie was not a rich man, but would give the shirt off of his own back if need be. Huh. In 1990, Bernie met millionaire Marjorie Nugent during the planning and service of her husband. Now, his name is Rod Nugent. Okay. In some sources I've looked at. Other sources call him Hal Nugent. Okay. It doesn't really make a difference. I just wanted to kind of get his name right. right. Because he deserves yeah. a... Well, I mean, don't call him Ted. A true part in the story. <laughs> yeah. We won't call him Ted. Don't call him Ted. Okay. And he had died from heart failure. Now we're going to go into Marjorie. Marjorie was born. You just slammed your drink on the desk. I didn't mean to. Oopsie. Marjorie is born in 1915 and raised in Carthage. Her father owned the local grocery store. She met her husband, Rod slash Hal, at Louisiana Tech, where he graduated with an electrical engineering degree. I feel like everybody here has an electrical engineering degree. I don't know anyone. Do what? You, really? Yes. Oh. I feel like we're like, what do you do? Oh, I'm an electrical engineer. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't with know oil. There, yeah. They're usually it's different for oil, but well, there's a what, lot of engineers, not electrical, he, but yeah. No, but that's what he was. 
Gotcha. I just feel like I hear that all the time. I never knew what that was until we moved to the surface of the sun. Right. Yes. It's not surface of the sun. That's Phoenix. <laughs> I've lived there. Okay. You have lived in Phoenix. Yes. That's true. Okay. So Phoenix it's is It's a more... dry heat. <laughs> yeah. So is your oven when you open it. And I don't put my head in that. <laughs> oh, that's true. But I do like going to the South because it's a wet heat. It's like, oh, yes. yes. But you're like covered in a blanket of... It's like you've been running with no airflow <laughs> as soon as you get up and you haven't done anything. There's pros and cons to everywhere. True. So you never have dry skin in the South. Right. No, you never. My hair looks amazing. See? When we're there, my skin. It's probably better for you. Probably. We should move there. All right. Where am I going? Electrical engineering degree. Okay. After they married, they had one saw son. One son. Sure. One son, Rod Jr. So Rod Sr. <laughs> worked for Mobile Oil. Okay. And moved around the Southwest till 1989 when he retired and decided to move he and Marjorie back to her hometown. They built a fatty 6,000 square foot house out of stone. Of course. Outside of town. And they had a net worth of, I'm going to say between six and $10 million, which is a huge spread. Yeah, right? that is. Because some sources say six. Some people say seven and a half. And what year? Some about people this say time? 10. 1989. That's a lot for 1989. Yeah, six to 10 million. Wow. He did well. He did do well. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. Marjorie was not very liked in town. Oh. Huh. She didn't have even have a relationship with her sister who actually lived in Carthage. They had a falling out over their mother's estate and hadn't spoken since the early 80s. Okay. A quote from a Carthage res resident, I cannot talk today. I apologize. It's okay. I have not even <laughs> been drinking. Well, you should you should drink, Maybe and I then at least you could blame it on that. A quote from a Carthage resident about sums up the feeling of Marjorie. If she had held her nose any higher, she would have drowned in a rainstorm. Wow. <laughs> it's an interesting visual. Yes, but I really like that quote. That I felt like it really, really summed her up because she was just... No, Not light. Nose in the air. People would cross the street if she happened to be walking where they were walking. Just to avoid her. Just to avoid her. Huh. And it's not like she was aggressive or would get into all these arguments with people. They just, she didn't smile. Huh. She didn't go out of her way to be a Bernie type and make friends with everybody. That just wasn't her. Well, who cares, right? Not, not, you know, maybe if she was happy that way, then that's, that didn't bother yeah. her, I guess. Yeah. She did not attend church. Nope. Oh, shame, shame. And she did not give to local charities and she did not go out of her way to be friendly, which in a small town like Carthage did not go unnoticed. No. After Rod slash Hal Nugent passed away, Bernie started coming around more than he normally would with any other widow. Oh. Because Bernie 
was put in charge of Rod's funeral. Gotcha. And so he was making, he became friendly with Marjorie during that process. And then she, he started coming around her house a little bit more than he normally would with other widows that he had planned their husband's funerals. He would stop by with flowers, bath bombs, and cupcakes. He, he wanted her to invite him in. I believe he wooed her. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Even though she was 74 years old and 43 years his senior. Maybe he's into that. Eventually, Marjorie started inviting Bernie into her home oh. for tea and sometimes lunch. Tea and crumpets. <laughs> As time went on, they spent more and more time together. Bernie becoming her only friend and confidant. He brought her back to church. He started taking her out to local restaurants. They would hold hands. Oh, boy. And walk down the street. And people were like, oh, my gosh, there's Marjorie. Oh, my gosh. And she's with Bernie. He's holding her thin, frail, (laughs) translucent hand. (laughs) And he would take her to local theater productions, which Bernie was usually a part of. In turn, Marjorie gifted Bernie with her husband's $12,000 Rolex watch. See, everyone has a price. Yeah. Uh, she would take him on exotic vacations. See, there it is. To like New York. <laughs> uh, I'm joking. Does, I'm joking. Uh, Actually, she took him to really cool places. Okay. Like they went on a cruise in Egypt down the Nile. They went to Russia. They even went on the Queen Mary over to Europe right. and then flew the Concord home. Wow. Yeah, she was just Acapulco. They would go to Acapulco all the time, which I always think is so funny. That's such a 60s thing to do is to go to So Acapulco. she was, he's like her hired young guy, okay, like I'm, her hired. I'm getting there. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Carry on. This is why I like telling you things because okay. you're, you're like jumping ahead, but oh, okay. I know I know sorry. why you're going there. Some years into their relationship, Marjorie had asked Bernie to quit his job at the funeral home. Sure, and just service her. Where he made around $18,000 a year. Boom. And she offered a much higher salary to be her personal assistant. There it is. Business manager and travel companion. Yeah. I, I think that sounds amazing. If, if I had, a, if, if you passed away. And I'm at like 80 and I had millions. Absolutely. I would hire a 26 year old guy. No, I would hire like a, like a 28 year old hot chick. And I'm like, all right, here's the deal. You're going to be my personal assistant. My air quote companion. Would you get her her own room? Heck no. (laughs) What am I paying for? I mean, why not? Right. But then you're just, you're actually just hiring an escort. Absolutely, I am. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, why not? If you get the money, at least you're happy until, yeah. Right. See, it's so funny because us as women, we can joke about like, ooh, I'm going to get myself a pool boy. Right. But men can't really say stuff like that because then they just sound like perverts. Well, yeah, if I got myself a pool boy, you know. A pool girl. Pool girl. Do, Do girls clean pools? I would never. Clean I've never our pool. heard of that. <laughs> I do not clean our pool. 
See? Uh. Yep. Okay. She even went as far as to change her will in 1993 and leave her estate to just Bernie. Man, he is. Leaving out her son and his four children. He was given power of attorney, and his name was added to all of her bank accounts. Nice. Bernie's personal assistant title meant that he did her laundry, <laughs> made her lunch every day. And? He clipped her toenails. Of co- Oh, God. Would See, drive her all no, over town. I, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I, okay. I think I would just hire with the money she's giving me. I would hire someone to come do her toenails. There's no way I would cut those bad boys myself. Or take her to a salon. That's what I mean. Yeah, I wouldn't. There's no way. I no. Gotta, I'd draw the line at 80-year-old women's toenails. Would you cut my toenails? No. <laughs> yes, I would. But that's, you know, I don't know. Okay, but I would also be 80. True. Right? Right. So I'd have to cut your toenails. Right. So Ew. it's, it's no, a... No, we'll just hire people to come to the house and do it. All right. Now it's gross. <laughs> He we would, probably won't live that long anyway, so no. it's fine. He would drive her all over town and put out all the little fires she would start with the people who worked for her and local townspeople. So he was kind of the middleman, and he would smooth things over. Wow. Well, she sounds like she got a good good bang for the buck. <laughs> Do you think they were banging? No, I just meant putting, you know... Making people happy, but go ahead, you can. <laughs> All right, let me find it. Gross. She even, she had even bought Bernie a twenty-two caliber shotgun. Nice, so that he could shoot himself shoot, when he's tired of it. No, oh. to shoot and kill the armadillos on her property. What? Which Bernie could never bring himself to do. Armadillos. Those are cool. I know. I guess they're root up gardens and they're just really bad for your yard. I guess like we, what do we have here? Gophers? Uh, Ants. Yeah. We spray those. (laughs) We have, we have a lack of weather. We have a lack of creatures. Because we live on the surface. No, it's not that hot. (laughs) Okay, Okay, go ahead. Oh, I keep losing my spot because I can't freaking see. Okay. Put your glasses on. I the took them off because I took them off because they were making me feel funny. They're making me feel things. Well done. <laughs> okay, wait, I'm gonna put them back on. Put them back on. All right. Okay. And they're progressive, right? Yes. So you look what down low to see through I don't know or, what you do. My mom was trying to tell me how to move my head. and Well, what did the guy the guy with the eye thing, what did he tell you? She didn't say nothing. She, what did she t- Oh, She said it's going to take a couple weeks for you to get used to it. She goes, here, you'll figure it out. Okay, let me finish this. Okay, armadillos. But Bernie did start spreading the Nugent's wealth without Marjorie's knowledge. Oh. Since his name was put on her bank accounts, he could do things like provide scholarships. Bought 10 cars for people around town. He bought a home for a struggling couple. What? Pledged $100,000 to the church for a new prayer building. Saved a local trophy shop from closing. And invested in a clothing store called Boot Scootin' Western Wear. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Boot Scootin' Western Wear. Yes. 
After being Marjorie's manservant for a couple years, I'm going to start using the word manservant because I think it's funny. Perfect. The cracks in their relationship began showing. Bernie had mentioned to his sister that Marjorie was getting really mean and verbally and physically abusive towards him. Well, she is, what, 80 now at this point? And he thought she was starting to show signs of dementia, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, It actually makes sense. I shouldn't laugh because sometimes... Couldn't he just walk away from her faster than she could walk? (laughs) Yes. I mean, how could she ever be abusive? uh, He was just so sweet. I guess that he just wanted to take care of her. And so even if she was verbally and physically abusive, he just kind of took it. But it's weird. I know. I know. Just wait. All right. She would freak out if he was late getting to her home or if he didn't immediately answer her page or call all or call. Okay. So she bought him a pager. Of course she did. If he wouldn't return her call right away, she would start calling around town trying to find him. Eventually, she purchased him a cell phone and would call that constantly. And then he basically was like a beck and call boy. Right. Like whatever she needed at all hours of the day, he needed to be ready to answer that phone and go do what she needed him to do. Gotcha. So has he ever been married or had a girlfriend? Because you haven't mentioned anything about that. No. So he's he's in his prime. He's in his prime. With a woman who is clearly past her prime. Right. But has a ton of money. And their relationship was platonic from what everybody knows. So actually it was not a big deal in Carthage, which is kind of cool. But Bernie was a gay man. Oh, boom. And then there's that. Yeah. But All right, so, it, it, it really okay. wasn't um, a big deal. So that explains a lot. It does explain a lot. All right. But I guess he did have relationships with a couple people in town. Okay. But that it's not really... They're not really throwing people out there. Like, it it just, it doesn't matter. Okay. It really didn't matter, which I thought was kind of cool, especially for being in such a conservative town. Right. People just didn't care. Sure. I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. This meant that Bernie did not have a social life away from Marjorie because he couldn't have a social life. Unless he liked playing bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, shuffleboard so to me that would wear on anybody yeah and by 1995 it had taken its toll on bernie he had told his sister that she's so controlling it just wears me out his sister then asked him why he didn't quit he answered because i'm her only friend i have to stay because i'm the only one she has Hmm. so he was feeling He should have just saved all the money she gave him and then just been like, yeah, this is not working out for me anymore. Just leave. Right. But she's also in her 80s. I mean, she's in her early 80s. So she's she's kind of on borrowed time. Get her a a puppy. (laughs) Jeez. I don't know. Or an armadillo. Get her, yeah, pet armadillo. I'm going to go back 
to when they found Marjorie's body. Okay. I didn't really find a segue into that. Gotcha. Just segue now. Okay. Segue. The local sheriffs removed all the frozen food from the freezer, hooked it up to a generator, lifted it onto a flatbed, and drove it down the freeway for 159 miles to Dallas. Wow. All right. Could you can you imagine with her in it? That on the free- she was in it, and they kept her frozen until okay. they could take right. her to Dallas to uh oh my to a lab right because they could an- analyze it. Yes, see, I my words have lost me today. Yeah, it took three days for poor Mrs. Nugent to thaw out. It was a deep freeze, so yeah. yeah. As her body was defrosting, 39-year-old Bernie was confessing to her murder. He calmly admitted. What? Yeah. He admitted you, to it. You're never supposed to. He should have got a lawyer. Well, I think he just, like he says, he just, the way that he had the weight of the world on his shoulders. And finally, he could just say what happened and go from there. Okay. He calmly admitted to shooting Marjorie in the back four times with the armadillo gun. Four times in the back. Yes. So she was walking away. Okay. Right. One shot hit her spine, which immediately paralyzed her. She immediately went down. Sure. Another shot was from far away. They think he was in the doorway of the garage. And then two shots were at close range. Wow. So he had walked up to her, and I'm sure she was not dead yet and probably making noises, and she was bleeding out. Right. And he shot her two more times in the back with the barrel on her back. Ooh. I know. I know. Man, she really made him upset. Yeah. So this happened in the garage on November 19th of 1996. She had been in that freezer from November of 1996 till August of 1997. Wow. That's nine freaking months. So he was just hanging out? Yeah. He knew she was in there. He was having get-togethers at her house during that time. Wouldn't you start, like, cleaning out your freezer at some point? Who? Him. Like, why leave her in there? Why not? Okay, well, I'm going to let me keep going. Sorry. Being a mortician, Bernie lovingly prepared her body before rolling her in a sheet and awkwardly stuffing her in a freezer. Oh, that was nice. He rinsed the blood off the garage floor and then went about his business for the next 39 weeks, 274 days. Wow. He just acted like nothing had happened. Now, how did Bernie keep Marjorie's death and murder on ice for so long, you ask? Do you see what I did there? Right. I well, I was going to ask, but every time I ask, you say you're getting to it. So I, I don't want to. No. Did you like my little pun? I do, yeah. Okay. I, I worked really hard on that one. Gotcha. I felt like it was a Daniel pun. Well, he lied. He was just a big fat liar. Right. That whole time. He would tell folks that she was living with her sister in, in Ohio. Okay. I think she did speak to this sister. She was on an extended trip. Yep. By herself, because her little trip companion was still in Carthage. Right. She had become so weak that she was living in an assisted living facility under an assumed name. 
These are all reasonable excuses. Yeah. She had had a series of strokes and had been recuperating at the hospital under another assumed name. Sure. Or that she just didn't want to talk to that person. Bernie even pretended to be her on the phone when talking to her stockbroker. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, he pretended to be her and be and just be weak. And I just can't talk right now. <laughs> yeah, crazy. He was basically living a Robin Hood fantasy at that time. What's that? Well, he was kind of stealing from her oh, okay. to give to everybody else. Gotcha. While she was He, he was dispersing her funds. Yeah, he was dispersing her after, wealth. Uh, while she was um, cooling yeah. off. Yep. So after Marjorie's body was found, of course, it didn't take long for that to get out around right. town, right? Right. The entire town defended him. Wow. Said she deserved it. She drove him to it. Okay. Most people believed he just snapped and had a breakdown over years of abuse. There was almost nobody but Marjorie's family that came to the defense of Mrs. Nugent. Wow. She really turned people the wrong way. She did. I just don't think she had good social skills. Doesn't sound like it. I mean, really didn't have any social skills. So, because of that, the prosecutor was granted a change of venue. Yep. And the trial was moved out of Carthage and was held 50 miles away where nobody on the jury had ever heard of Bernie T-Day. Because they knew that if they had tried him in that town, there would be nobody. They'd have a a tainted jury pool. Yes. Mm -hmm. Nobody would convict him. So Bernie's original defense was that he had killed Marjorie in an act of passion. Yeah. And it was never premeditated. But the prosecutor sold it as a crime of greed and betrayal. The trial lasted a week and the jury... (laughs) See? Can't talk. And the jury... The jury only took 20 minutes to convict Bernie and sentenced him to life in prison. Yep. So you'd think that would be the end of the story, right? Yes. Nope, wrong. Nope. A movie was made, and you've seen this movie. I think I have. Well, as you're telling me this, it sounds familiar. Yeah. Guess who played Bernie in the movie? And the movie is called Bernie. It was Jack Black. Oh, yeah. yes. yes. No, I was thinking about yes. that. I'm like, this is I, that I've movie. heard of, a, I've seen something that sounds like this. Yeah. And Matthew McConaughey played the prosecuting attorney oh, or the district attorney. Okay. Yeah. It was released April of 2012. It was written and directed by Richard Linklater. Link, Linklater. I think that's how you say it. And he did movies like Dazed and Confused, School of Rock. And a scanner darkly. Gotcha. It was a decent hit and it renewed interest in his case because Bernie was portrayed as this victim, the sweet man who just snapped and just always wanted to do all these nice things for everybody. And Mrs. Nugent was the villain in the movie and deserved it and deserved it. So, Everybody thought that had seen that movie was like, well, why is he in prison? He shouldn't be in prison for that. So 
It renewed interest enough that a new defense attorney decided to take on Bernie's case and appealed it. She dug back into the court transcripts and Bernie even let her know his deepest, darkest secret, which that he had been sexually abused by an uncle from the age of 12 till almost 18, which combined with the years of abuse from Marjorie brought on a disassociated moment or episode, which causes someone to leave their body brought on by stress and emotion. So basically it was his body that killed her and not his mind. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. The defense attorney brought their findings to the DA and the DA agreed that he should be retried. This was the same district attorney that had tried him the first time. Wow. And I don't want to mention names because I feel like these attorneys all are just doing all of this for attention. Right. So I don't want to give them any more attention. So I'm not going to say their names. Sure. Because I actually don't think they have Mrs. Nugent or Bernie in the best interest. I think they're just trying to get famous they off of get, this. Yeah. 16 years after Marjorie was murdered, Bernie's original life sentence was thrown out and a new trial was ordered and 55-year-old Bernie was released from prison. What? Mm-hmm. He lived in Austin, Texas under the care of the director of the movie Bernie. Are you serious? Yeah. He basically became his babysitter, his nanny. In April of 2016, the new sentencing trial began. Hope he didn't have him watch the grandmother. He was once again sentenced to life in prison. Uh, Okay. He went through all of that. He was out for two years. Okay. Only to get retried. Gotcha. That's jury found him guilty. Right. Of the same crime. And he's in life in prison. Okay. He will be eligible for parole in 2029. He will be 79 years old. Yes. So. Same age as Marjorie. Yeah. Almost the same age as Marjorie. He actually does really well in prison. He is um, like the chaplain. Like he leads choir. He does the church services. I think he's st- he started some clubs. I mean, just things like that. So, he, I mean, he's doing really good work yeah. where he is. Probably offers like mortician services. Hey, maybe. I mean. At prison. People, people pass in prison. Yeah. There's still a Bernie T-Day fan club in Carthage. So people still... Talk even, about him. Even with all that, they still, they're still on his side. They're still on his side. Marjorie's family is upset by media, by the media and Hollywood entertainment version of her grandmother as a not nice person and stingy with her money. But before, but okay, here's the thing. I get it. They wanted to villainize her because it sold tickets. It made for interesting reading. I get it. And Bernie was the good guy, right? But when she died, she was not on speaking terms with her sister who lived in Carthage. Right. Her only son and two of her four grandchildren had already tried to sue her. Wow. Yeah. So so if she was so great. Yeah. Why why didn't they? Then why was she not on speaking terms with all of them and that two of her grandchildren had sued her while she was alive? 
Hmm. That's never been answered. I can't find any information about that. That's weird. Yes. Now, here's the thing. No one ever deserves to die. No. Especially like Marjorie. Like, she must have been so scared. Yeah. She trusted Bernie with everything. And then for him to shoot her in the back, that's not okay. And he is a villain. Yeah. And for her, and she just developed more and more separation anxiety. Right. So she starts thinking that he's going to leave her alone and stuff like that. So right. she's, she's. Yeah. And what's she going to do if he left her? Right. She has nothing. Nobody. Yep. And she was going downhill yep. health wise. So really, if he just would have waited. She, yeah, she, if he had done nothing, she would have probably passed away or been incapacitated. Right. And then he still would have inherited everything. Right. And everyone still would have liked him. She would have died and everything would have been fine. He would have been the, See, still the I, greatest. You know what? I would have put up with it. I think I would have had the self control to put up with it and just yeah. Yeah. L- let her go. Maybe a little arsenic, you know? Oh my god! Like arsenic and old lace on in reverse. Oh, that's such a great movie. I hope they remake that soon. <laughs> so I was, I was feeling like that, and I just wasn't understanding why she was such a villain. Yeah. So, and I want people to hear this because they really only hear Bernie's side of the story. Right. The, Bern, the movie is based on all of Bernie's accounts. Gotcha. Most of the. 48 hours, Dateline, all these things, they're just based on his experience. Right. So I wanted to read the brief. Okay. That was provided from the family that gave the facts of what had happened during the second trial. Okay. And this is what the jury heard. All right. Okay. Number one. Despite T-Day's claims to have acted as a result of sudden passion, he admitted to detectives thinking about murdering Marjorie for several months before doing so. All right. Number two, T-Day's access to the murder weapon wasn't a matter of happenstance. He had moved the rifle from a closet to a spot close to where he killed Marjorie, further supporting his premeditation of the crime. Hmm. Number three. T-Day didn't shoot Marjorie four times in succession from across the garage. His first shot from across the garage left her paralyzed. This is what I had said before. Right. Left her paralyzed on the ground. And then he walked over and pumped three more rounds into her from a point blank range. Okay, so this is three. Right. He walked over and did it three times. Number four. T-Day was in financial distress before befriending Marjorie. After becoming her companion, he controlled Marjorie's money, signed checks on her accounts, and pressured her into giving him a power of attorney. Wow. Number five, after murdering Marjorie, T-Day appeared totally unaffected. He was the same old Bernie. That's what people kept saying. Yeah. He was the same old Bernie. They never would have guessed that she was in her freezer. Wow. Number six, in the months after he murdered Marjorie and put her in the freezer, T-Day threw parties in her home, used her money to travel to New York and Paris, cast checks made out to her, sent a letter purporting to bear her signature to 
Prudential seeking a wire transfer of $225,000 from her account, spent $50,000 buying gifts for friends, invested $40,000 in a business, purchased a coin collection for $12,000, and bought a new crystal and furniture for himself. Sure. Number seven. During his sentencing testimony, T-Day was asked whether Marjorie was mean to him. Under oath, T-Day replied that Marjorie was possessive, but I wouldn't say exactly mean. So, so much for the claim of outrageous abuse. And number eight. Finally, in what what this guy always have thought was the most damaging evidence to T-Day, the jury heard testimony after murdering Marjorie T-Day took a trip to Nashville, accompanying and sharing a room with another elderly, wealthy widow. Oh. He was doing the cycle all over See, again. yeah, he was, oh, man. Yeah. So I thought that that was very, very interesting. Guilty. Because I, I couldn't, how do I say this? I kind of felt sorry for Marjorie. Yeah. I wasn't buying the Bernie thing. And I was I watched a lot of his interviews and he's a really good actor. Yep. And it almost drives me okay, it does drive me crazy when other actors start to have an opinion of of somebody. Like there were all these interviews that I had watched with Jack Black and he's talking to Bernie and and they're doing all these things. And I'm like, but wait a minute, you're both actors. Right. You're both acting to each other. Right. And then Jack Black's doing all these interviews about what a great guy he is and he shouldn't be in jail. And it's like, wait a minute. Right. You didn't live his life. You don't know Marjorie. You've never met her yeah, and well, her life. And so to course, have an opinion about that is just wrong. Right. And of course he's going to say what you want to hear. He's of course he's going to come across as as being nice and 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 enjoyable and all these things because that's what that's what he wants you to perceive. Right. I just wasn't buying it. No, I wasn't. So I think he's where he needs to be. Yep. Rot, and, rot in prison. <laughs> and even if she was a cold-hearted snake, she never deserved to be murdered like that. Nope. And stuffed. In a freezer. Yeah. Especially with peas on top of her. No. No. Even with a heart of ice, she shouldn't be frozen. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Okay, so check out our Instagram page at Till Death Do Us Part podcast. We, what else do we have going? Our website's still coming along. Yep. You can reach us at till death do us part at att.net. Yep. We finally figured out what our password was because <laughs> we made it so long ago. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the story of about Mar- the relationship of Marjorie Nugent and Bernie T-Day. See, yeah, that was interesting. And There's now- a lot of twists to that. We should watch the movie. Yeah, now I got to remember. I didn't. I don't. I remember it vaguely, but I don't remember that she that he murdered her. Yeah. In the end. Yes. I mean, it's a good movie. You should check it out, but don't buy into it. Don't buy into the Hollywood bull crap. Yeah. 
<laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.